Oh, rock and roll is a scary business. No hit records, no MTV videos, you'll never make it here. And welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Paradise. Or should I say, Podcasting from Hell. <laughs> I'm your host, Cameron. Um, this is a track-by-track, album-by-album, listen-along podcast of all things Jimmy Buffett. And I'm joined today for this very special bonus episode by my friend, my co-host. It's Joe. Cameron, our lives change like the weather, but this podcast never dies. Until, of course, we've talked about every Jimmy Buffett album. Yeah, I guess there's a sort of... Well, I mean, if he keeps making them. Uh, yes, I mean, theoretically, this podcast may never die. Mm, or we'll come back as undead because it's spooky season, yeah. Yes, this is our mid-October episode, which means that Halloween is right around the corner. And uh, Cameron, I'm wondering, uh, do you have any plans for this spooky season? Um. Well, Joe, it's uh, it's like September 3rd. Uh huh. And uh, Delta's bad, so probably not. Oh, so we may not have a Halloween party again this year. You're saying? Yeah. So you may not be able to wear that. Uh, sweat-stained Bogart suit with an African parakeet. Or the uh, Kiss Me, I'm a Baker costume that I was also looking forward to, yeah. Well, I mean, you still could do it. I mean, what are some what are some safe ways that you can that you can still wear that costume without going to a party? I mean, I could just wear it and, uh, you know, go get tacos or whatever. That sounds pretty spooky to me. Whoa! <laughs> 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 the real world has become scarier than anything we could ever imagine. God, yeah, it, seriously. Oh man, how many bad coronavirus costumes are we gonna have when 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 people are doing this? I guess probably this year, huh? Well, you know, I think one of the one of the blessings that uh, COVID uh, brought to us is that uh, the Tiger King fad came and went without uh, without a Halloween season to memorialize it. So we never got. The, the bad Tiger King Halloween costumes, which I think mm. was, was a little bit of a blessing in disguise. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a deep pull at this point, Joe, Tiger King. By the way, I am going to be making a Tiger King reference later in this podcast, so be ready for that. Oh, Tiger King big on the mind today. Well, Joe, I think I might be underprepared because I did not listen to a new album. You know what? Neither did I. I've actually been. I, I still, to this date, have not listened to Florida's. So, that's a lot of self control for you, Joe. I'm actually surprised. I know. Well, I just because I feel like we're not quite done with Last Mango in Paris yet, and I cannot hmm. move on to Florida's until we are fully done with Last Mango in Paris because we hmm. left something on the table. We didn't give hmm. it our all in the last in the last episode, despite the fact that it ended up being two and a half hours long. Because we <laughs> failed to talk about Captain Tony from the titular uh. Last Mango in Paris track. And actually, this was by design. This was not a grievous oversight. We actually talked about this ahead of time. And I told Cameron, look, 
Let's do. Good. Sorry, sorry, Joe. Yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt. Did you mean that it wasn't a grave oversight? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was not a grave oversight. It was actually a planned oversight. I told Cameron before we started recording the last episode. Look. I said, I said to him the same thing that Rob Lagojevich said when he was trying to sell Obama's Senate seat in 2008. I said, Cameron, I got this thing, and it's fucking gold. But it's too, it's too much for our addendum segment. We cannot fit this into a normal episode. So we have to do a separate mini episode. And that's what we're doing today. We are going to be taking a break from our normal format, and we are going to be talking about it, uh, the life of Captain Tony. Joe, I am very excited because you told me that this uh, mini biography that we're going to be doing was quite the ride, and you hear that? That's me buckling up. Oh, yes. Camera today is just along for the ride. Uh, This biography, or or this episode, is going to drop right around my birthday, actually. It's going to be in mid-October. So uh, I will have passed my 31st trip around the sun, as you parrotheads say. And I thought, what better way to celebrate my birthday than to read an obituary? A very spooky obituary. And what better way to celebrate the Halloween season than to honor uh, honor the ghosts of our past? And the ghost we're going to be honoring today is Captain Tony. But before we get into that, Cameron, do you mind if I throw a little addendum your way? Whoa, an addendum on a Megan addendum? I don't know. This is addendum sentception. We got a, an addendum within an addendum. Addendum sentception, and here we go. It's come from behind. Now is the time for the last So, Cameron, we got a little bit of uh, we got a little bit of Buffett news. Oh, this uh, this piece of Buffett news, I saw it on Twitter. It was shared by the North Coast Parrothead Club Twitter account, hmm. and it is from the Times of Israel. Hmm, which is an interesting source to be writing about Jimmy Buffett. Sure is. But uh, the reason the reason that the Times of Israel decided to write a piece on Jimmy Buffett is because. According to this piece, Jimmy Buffett's famed bar ballad has a Yiddish translation. Whoa, okay. Well, Times of Israel, tell us about this. In tribute to the singer Jimmy Buffett and the opening of his latest Margaritaville resort in New York City, Times Square, a trio of klezmer singers are singing his famed Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw in Yiddish. They did a Yiddish Whoa. translation of Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw. <laughs> oh, Joe, what? Uh-huh, and I got <laughs> I got audio of it right here, which I'm going to play for you in a second. But first, I want to oh give you a God. little bit of context here. So apparently, uh, the Margaritaville Resort in Times Square was built in an historically Jewish neighborhood of the city. It's, it's built in the old garment district. The neighborhood once housed three synagogues, serving the many Yiddish-speaking garment industry workers. While most of the textile businesses no longer exist, the historic Garment Center congregation is now ground floor and two subfloors of the Margaritaville Entertainment Complex. So, a Yiddish culture nonprofit called Congress for Jewish Culture commissioned the playwright Rokol Kafferson 
to adapt Buffett's tale of a man's bar hookup into a woman's Yiddish plea to skip Shabbat dinner and go right into dessert, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean, Joe. I'm very familiar with Yiddish dessert. So, uh, by the way, uh, I just want to point out, this is not a... This is not a criticism of the Times of Israel as a whole, but this is a an example of some bad journalism, in my opinion, uh, because mm. the the word dessert is should be in quotes because uh, when they're referring to dessert in this song, uh, it is without a doubt referring to a stupping, I believe, as uh, as they would say. <laughs> Uh, but when I first read this article and I didn't read the lyrics of the song, I thought that they were actually referring to dessert. And I thought that they had turned Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw into just a song about food. <laughs> I mean, are they mutually exclusive, Joe? No, and it would be a very Jewish thing to do, to turn a song about sex into a song about food. <laughs> well, Joe, I'm, 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 uh, uh, I'm all ears and, uh, uh other uh things to say about being anticipatory about anticipating this new uh, yiddish track without further ado this is the song Sumir," performed by sasha lorji craig judelman and lauren sklamberg here we go all right eight two three <laughs> First of all, I don't speak very much Yiddish, uh-huh. but I di- heard a distinct lack of the words stupping and putz, so I'm not sure what this song is particularly about. Yeah. Also, I don't know the Yiddish word for waterbed, but I think that uh, <laughs> that was also omitted from the song. There, I, there is a translation here. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so I'm going to read the translation, and I tried to, I like, last night when I was reading this article, I tried to read it in... Like, I tried to sing it as if it was Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw, and it doesn't always work, so I'm just going to read yeah. it straight, and then maybe when we get to the chorus, I'll sing it. Okay, okay, so here we go. It's Shabbos here. It sure is good. Your voice is full of charm. The way you the way you make Kadush is wonderful, and your face is. A little bit of a rough translation there. Yeah, Shine sure. so bright. So, baby, one more glass. Whiskey, wine, or beer. But let's skip the matzi, in parentheses, that's a blessing from Hala. Come on to me. So, kum sumir, the chorus has come to me. 
Now here's the chorus. Let's skip the Motsi, come to me. I just went and ritually cleansed myself in the Mitka just for you. They say you're really saintly. It's Shabbos pleasure without end. So baby, let's skip the Motsi, come to me. Yeah, no, it's I, 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 yeah, they're skipping straight to to the late dessert. For yeah, sure. so instead of uh, instead of the man enticing the woman with promises of a waterbed, instead it's mm. a woman enticing the man by uh, pointing out that she has already, in anticipation, ritually cleansed herself before the Shabbat's meal. <laughs> the ritual cleansing is, I think, the key part that I'm not quite connecting <laughs> on. <laughs> it's a very orthodox. It's a very orthodox uh, uh, sex song here. Yeah, I well look. There's a lot of improvements in here. Uh, maybe maybe a couple that uh, JB could take note of. Uh, I liked the I dipped myself. There was a line in there about that. Yeah. Uh, just by casual observation, I think I think he can work the ritual cleansing into the song. Uh, so Jimmy Buffett, on, on your next show, whenever it's going to be, uh, why don't uh, play a little bit of Consumir? Yeah, have him on. Why not? Um, well, Joe, that is not what I would have guessed would be the surprise, but I'm <laughs> tickled by it. It's not very Halloweeny, but uh, no, shall we? You know. Wait, wait. First of all, we got to close the shrimp pot. Hold on. So this has been addendums. Oh. It's come from the high. Now is the time for the last one. All right, good addendums. That was a good addendum. So it's always nice to hear about uh, the reinterpretation of of, uh, of a classic JB song. It's always great just to hear that Jimmy Buffett is still in the culture. Yeah, internationally, internationally in the Jewish community. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I, I didn't uh, I didn't listen to the all of uh, Florida's, but I do know that there is an unfortunate Jewish stereotype toward the end of that album. Oh, really? So, I, I, oh, I, okay. But I'm glad that the community is still embracing JB here. Yeah. yeah well, we, what, as you said, Joe, we'll we'll burn that bridge when we get there. We'll burn that bridge when we get to it. All right. Well, Joe, is it time? I think it's time that we moved on to our main event, which is the obituary, the life and times of Captain Tony. So I was talking to you a little bit off air about this, uh, but I'm going to orient our audience a little bit. In the in doing the research for Last Mango in Paris, I stumbled upon this obituary, which was published by the Washington Post on November 16th, 2008, shortly after Captain Tony died. That's actually two weeks after he died. I believe he died on November 1st, 2008. It took Washington, the Washington Post two weeks to publish this. Uh, because it's a two-page obit. This is a long obituary <laughs> of Captain Tony. Really, really losing the uh, editorial standard, I think, over at the uh, Washington Post. I'd expect that from the Miami Herald, uh, publishing a two-page <laughs> obit of Captain Tony. But uh, the Washington Post must have been a slow news cycle. Yeah, 2008, what was happening then? Nothing was happening in 2008. Surely. No, no, no Olympics, no election, no yeah, financial certainly crises. Not, certainly not a major election or financial crisis. I, <laughs> yeah. 
nothing of note slow news cycle at its best also you know in my in my research i found out that um a number of different like national national newspapers uh republished this obituary whoa okay so this is national news for real for real this was national news and this just gives you an indication of what a tremendous uh figure captain tony was what a titanic figure he was and I think that that alone justifies us doing a, a full separate episode. Now, here's another thing that I found in my research, Cameron. Mm. I stumbled upon a blog that mm. was written about the life of Captain Tony. All right. This blog comes from a website known as southernmostghosts.com. And mm. this website is a Key West ghost tours company okay that also has a blog and on this blog an anonymous writer who may or may not be the person who runs the site wrote a full article about captain tony (laughs) okay and that article it covers a lot of the same beats as the washington post article but it's written in um somewhat of a more colorful voice so during this reading i'm going to be switching back and forth from the Washington Post article and this anonymous blog post. And in okay. order to um, to distinguish between the two for our listeners, I'm going to be doing some character work. Oh. <laughs> so, Very uh, exciting. I'm going to be reading, whenever I'm reading from the blog, I will be reading in the voice of what I imagine the dude who wrote this article sounds like. And... It's an anonymous author, so I know that it's unfair to assume that it's a man. But when mm. you actually read the content and how it's written, there's no doubt that a dude wrote it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you'll, and that'll become apparent very quickly. Okay. All right, so Cameron is buckled in. He has a beer open, blatantly ignoring the open container laws of California. I have my coffee. <laughs> And I'm in the driver's seat, and we're ready to talk about Captain Tony. So the title of this article is Captain Tony Terracino, Saloon Keeper, Mayor, Eccentric of Key West. It was written by Matt Schudel, Washington Post staff writer, and published Sunday, November 16th, 2008. Now, Cameron, did you do any research about Captain Tony? Do you know anything about him? I refuse to learn until you tell me, Joe. Okay, that is perfect. Uh, Okay, so the... Obituary starts off. Anthony Terracino, known to one and all as Captain Tony, spent two years as mayor of Key West, Florida, and 60 years as one of the most colorful characters in an island city full of them. During his 92 years, he was a bootlegger, a gambler, a gunrunner, a saloon keeper, a fishing boat captain, a ladies' man, and a peerless mm-hmm. raconteur. He died November 1st of a heart and lung ailment at Lower Keys Medical Center in Key West, Florida. You know, they could have really made the the death a little more snazzy like the rest of that intro to Captain Tony. What would you suggest? Was it a heart issue? Oh, you have notes on his death. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Could they just lie and be like, fucking, I don't know. He choked on a pop top or he, (sighs) he... he died uh, as he lived. Um, Reel, reeling in a giant marlin. 
Right, yeah. His, he his... dove off a boat with a knife in his mouth, going after a shark that had taken half of a beer from him. This Only the seas could take him, just as they had brought him so much adventure, they took him into its salty, cold depths. See? Already a better, there better uh, obit. There you go. Damn you, Washington Post, with your journalistic integrity. <laughs> Having to report on events as they occurred rather than what should have happened. I think Captain Tony would have preferred a little bit of editorial license there, personally. I, I think for his legacy, he would have appreciated yeah. it. Now, Cameron, you're, I like where your head's at, though, because uh, according to the writer of the blog post that I'm going to be reading from, there are some rumors surrounding Captain Tony's death, which mm. uh, I think may uh, fit more easy. They may be more fitting of the sensational ending that you imagined for him. Okay, well... Uh, uh, you, I'll shut up and let you drive here then. All right, so now I'm going to get into my character now. Uh, I'm going to read mm-hmm. from the blog post. This is the introduction to the blog post on Captain Tony, read in the voice of what I imagine that author talks like. <laughs> Tony Tarantino, more commonly <laughs> called Captain Tony, was a legend, period. Let's end the article there. As an addendum, just place the word epic wherever you say his name. In other words, he was an epic legend. But you want to <laughs> know more, right? Well, read on. By the time I'm done, you're going to be scratching your noggin, asking yourself, a Netflix special about a perm-sporting weirdo with a tiger fetish and not about this rad dude? Hollywood, what? get off your derriere and get cracking. <laughs> I'm sorry. First of all, good character work. Thank Second, you. what was that last sentence? And also, could this be any more 2008? This is this was most likely written. Well, it couldn't be 2008 though cuz it's a reference to Tiger King. Oh, wait, that's from today. Here we go. This is I'll read that quote again. Yeah, please. By the time I'm done, you're going to be scratching your noggin asking yourself a Netflix special about a perm sporting weirdo with a tiger fetish and not about this rad dude? Hollywood, get oh. off your derriere and get cracking. So the the author of this uh, blog post takes issue with the fact that Netflix decided to do a 10-part series on Joe Exotic the Tiger King and not Captain Tony. Miss, missed the beginning of that sentence, I guess. Well, here's... Okay. Can we... I Notes for, for Mr. 2020 over here. Who's saying epic legend in 2020? And they're all caps, too. Okay. Well, I your character voice is correct, and yeah, it's obviously a dude. All right. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's hear about this guy. This is 100% a dude, right? It's <laughs> yeah. not making any sense. And that's of... how he talks in real life, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or at the minimum, it's his inner monologue voice, you know? He Yeah. And, and I also imagine that this is similar to what Captain Tony himself probably sounded like. <laughs> Okay, let's fucking get into it, dude. All right. Anthony Terracino was born August 10th, 1916 in Elizabeth, New Jersey. So he's a Jersey boy. He's Jersey boy. Hey, it's Captain Tony over here. Hey, can I get some Captain Tonys over hey, here? Hey, Captain Tony. You met my friend what Jersey do I look Mike like? over a here. In a pot? Hey. <laughs> okay, sorry, East Coast. <laughs> Have we ever... Have we ever told the story on the podcast of when you and I did impressions of guys from New Jersey for two weeks? It, it kind of never went away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we, you and I went on a road trip with your then-girlfriend, now-fiancé, and my then-wife, now-wife, and we 
how what sparked it was it oh man um we went to a sushi restaurant called momiji oh yeah what's up yeah well that's right (laughs) (laughs) hey where's mama momiji hey momiji Momiji over here here. (laughs) i'm gonna order a caterpillar roll just like my mama used to make (laughs) and that that got us talking like that for two weeks oh god we're so stupid okay i'm sorry <laughs> and our and 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 we're still with the women who went with us on that trip which is kind of amazing i you know here's what i'll say i, I don't know how the the pickings are in china uh-huh but in sacramento california <laughs> i feel bad for gabby dude just like <laughs> did I, you don't have any other alternatives that are reasonable over here there's a lot of kind of you can leave me, but you're just going to find another man who will do an even more offensive impression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he won't have fun with a caricature of people who exist in real life, but who I've never met in real life, um, who are also white Americans. All right, so... Excuse me, Italian-Americans. So from here on out, when I when I speak about Captain Tony, I will be doing the Jersey guy voice. <laughs> okay. Some more character work here. By the way, we're like 40 minutes into this pod somehow. Uh, We've barely begun. <laughs> that's not a mini-episode after all, I guess. So anyway, uh, Anthony Terracino, born August 10th, 1916, in Elizabeth Joyzy, where his immigrant father was a bootlegger during Prohibition. According to Brad Maynard's Life Lessons of a Legend, a book about Mr. Terracino published a week of published the week of his death. Young Tony dropped out of ninth grade to make and sell illegal whiskey. So That's a really cool time to both drop out of school and get into whiskey. And he's getting in on the family business early on. And uh, I would imagine, uh, what is this, nineteen twenty five, probably. Maybe nineteen twenty nine. No, it would have been nineteen twenty nine after uh, yeah. the growth industry illegal whiskey in 29 yes yeah yeah absolutely growth industry um because prohibition is about to end right prohibition would have ended in 1933 yeah yeah so he had Um, he has some good years ahead of him probably selling that illegal whiskey he's uh yeah exactly he he said hey who needs college when i could just make a bunch of whiskey for the rest of high school this stuff's never gonna be legal again it's an amendment to the Constitution, baby. You can't overturn a constitutional amendment. Hey. What do they got to do? Amend it, amend it? You can't amend an amendment. That's just amendment. Yeah, so he had his mind in the right place. But unfortunately, eventually all good things will eventually come to an end. And uh, booze was eventually legalized. Well, Joe, we never recovered, did we? No. And very shortly thereafter, we went to war. And during World War II, Tony left a wife and three children behind in New Jersey and moved to Seattle, where he worked at the Boeing Aircraft Company. Okay, so... Stand-up guy? Well, I mean, it doesn't... The article doesn't give a whole lot of details there. It's unclear as to whether he was running out on his family or whether he was just going there to, um, to, like, take a job at Boeing, which was probably a pretty high-paying job during World War II, and send That's money funny. back, but as as we read, we're going to learn that this guy was married four times. So I'm guessing that that might have mm. been the end of the first marriage, <laughs> de facto. Yeah, if not de jure. Yeah. Stand up guy, Captain Tony. After the war, he returned to New Jersey and made good money gambling on horse races. And uh, 
We're going to go back into a the sentence voice. that's never been spoken. Yeah, good money on horse races. Now we're going to go back <laughs> we're going to go back into the voice of the blog now. Okay, great. Tony started betting on absolutely everything. Horses, table poker, boxing, kids events, just about everything. Wait. Kids events? Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that what too. What does that mean? What does it mean to gamble on kids events? What kids events is he gambling on? Hey, hey. Hey. I bet you that kid can get down the slide faster than that other kid, huh? What do you say? We we put him put him inside together. Twenty big ones says that the purple hippo and hungry hungry hippos is gonna get all the balls first. <laughs> you see that twitchy kid over there? We're putting that kid on hungry hungry hippos next. All right. I think He's little uh, ten bucks says little Timmy here is gonna wake daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that kid stomping around, loud feet. That kid don't know how to not wake daddy. I don't I don't like the looks of that glass chin on the blue rock'em sock'em robot over there. <laughs> He's got a weak chin. That 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 head's going up that head's going up in no time. And uh, I may have I may have uh, uh messed with the mechanism a little bit. Ooh. Just uh, just to grease it in our favor. You see little Johnny over there? Yeah, in the corner. That kid can put away some cake. Let me tell you. <laughs> this kid's birthday party. Ain't not not all these kids are getting any cake. Johnny over there, I got him over under two and a half slices. What do you say? You got you, you want to put some juice on this, huh? Cameron, is this your origin story? I, I kind of, I'm like kind of <laughs> thinking about like how this could actually be fun. <laughs> Little Cameron here, <laughs> he sure can eat a lot of hot dogs. I'll never do another hot dog eating competition, Joe. You should know this. Yes, I, that that those glory <clears throat> days are behind you. So Cameron, once again, just like with the illegal bit, uh, with the illegal uh, liquor, all good things eventually have to come to an end because eventually, oh. before too long, Captain Tony ran afoul of mobsters, and according to Maynard's book, he was beaten and left for dead in a Newark City dump. Ooh, jeez! Okay. Once again, the 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 blogger. Well, he got back to he got back to East Coast. Yeah, he got back to the East Coast. He went to Jersey. He was betting on kids' events. And then ultimately, he was beaten by mobsters and left for dead in a Newark City dump. Where else are you gonna put a dead body, huh? The, you know what? Honestly, mob, that's a little bit sloppy. I gotta say, a little obvious, much? A little bit obvious. I mean, what happened to uh, burying the body under the fifty-yard line in in MetLife Stadium? What happened to that? What, mafia? Whatever happened to sleeping with the fishes? Whatever happened huh? to sleeping with the fishes? Now, once again, the anonymous blogger here uh, tells the same story in a slightly more colorful way. Great. When he writes, Tony went and screwed the pooch. He broke the golden rule. Never try and con the mafia. Tony woke up, not with a horse's head in his bed, but next to a trash bag. Next to thousands of trash bags, to be exact. He had been beaten and left for dead in the Newark City dump. Is a dump or a dumpster? It was a dump. It's like... It's the Newark oh, City okay. dump. Oh, okay. Well, I retract my previous statements. Good job, Mafia. A dump is a good place for a, a whole body. Yeah. Yeah, but they got, like, scavengers and junkyard dogs. How long is that body going to stay buried? That's right, Joe. They got junkyard dogs. Those junkyard dogs are going to find a bone. You know what they're do with that bone? You got you on it. All right. Ten bucks says that uh, <laughs> Bruiser gets through the bone first. <laughs> Come on, where can I get some see action that, here? See that kid over there? I bet you he finds the body first. <laughs> that's, the, that's the guy right there. I'll take him over the field. 
So Mr. Terracino, after this unfortunate event, he rightfully fled New Jersey, and he went to Florida, and he hitchhiked to Key West on a milk truck. And as we begin this new phase, this new and fruitful phase in Captain Tony's legacy, I think now might be a good time for us to take a commercial break. Ooh. So, when we come back from commercial, we're going to learn what happened to Captain Tony once he got to Key West. I went down to Captain Tony's to get out of the heat When I heard a voice call out to me Son, come have a seat I had to search my memory as I looked into And we're back, and we're ready to talk about Captain Tony's Key West years. So, Joe, you said something right before the break. Uh Uh-huh. He hitchhiked on a milk truck? He hitchhiked to Key West on a milk truck. What milk truck is going from mainland to Key West? Is that, like, normal? That doesn't seem right. I mean, milk trucks? I mean, what the fuck do I know about milk trucks? But in my head, I'm imagining, like, a postal van driving a car full of milk to Key West. Also, were they drinking milk in Key West? It seems like milk's not very good with hangovers, and I just assume that everybody in Key West has a hangover all the time. Well, they, they certainly had, as we learned from the Jimmy Buffett song, My Head Hurts, My Feet Sink, and I Don't Love Jesus, they did have chocolate milk at Fausto's. Oh, you know what? I take it all back. It was a chocolate milk truck, obviously. So here's here's my theory about what happened. I think that Captain Tony, he saw his local milkman there in Newark, New Jersey, delivering mm-hmm. milk to the city dump, and he mm-hmm. said, hey, I got a golden opportunity for you. They don't have milk in Key West. You could be the man <coughs> who brings milk to Key West. And all you got to do is bring me down there on your milk truck and we'll get this thing going. Oh, why did I think of that? Milk in Key West? Of course they need milk. How else are they going to have strong and healthy bones? <laughs> yeah, before, before, uh, before Captain Tony, Key West was riddled. The whole state of Florida, in fact, was riddled with osteoporosis. Hmm. The the silent crumbler. Yeah, the silent crumbler. No child in Key West grew above five feet tall before Captain Tony came to Key West. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Tony. And uh, also, that sounds like an excellent breakfast cereal, which would which would do well with some milk. Captain Tony? Ooh, yeah. It's like somewhere between Captain Crunch and Frosted Flakes. You got it. <laughs> Captain Tony cereal, bum fardo edition. <laughs> it tastes better than it smells, and it, it, it'll get your uh, it'll get your gastrointestinal tract. It'll wake it up in the morning. <laughs> it'll get you drunk. <laughs> it'll get you drunk. It's the first cereal ever to be designed to be paired with Jack Daniels rather than. Uh, milk. Write that. Write that down. By the way, That's alcoholic idea, cereal. Actually, yeah. Write that down. That's a great idea. Alcoholic There's a huge cereal. market for that in quarantine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Continue, please. We're, this is going to be a five-hour episode. I'm Mr. Sorry. Terracino survived on his wits and cunning long before his arrival in the Rayfish Key West in 1948 with $18 in his pocket. Which, by the way, $18, they're saying that like that's not a lot of money. That was probably a month's rent, right? Yeah, that was like a million and five dollars, yeah. right? That that's like yeah. a lot of money. Like you eighteen dollars like for these immigrant stories, you always hear, Oh, I came to America with two dollars in my pocket or twenty cents in my pocket. Eighteen bucks is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you hear all these these uh, old immigrant stories like, Yeah, I came into to this country with only like five hundred dollars in my pocket. It's like, wow. So you you just had enough for the down payment on the house then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But legal ownership still, you know, had a, a big, big, big monthly payment. <laughs> That's like a 20% down payment on a house, probably back in 1940, $500. Yeah, $500, yeah, probably. Yeah. God. He spent more than three decades as a charter boat captain for 28 years. And, and for 28 years, he owned a dank, musty bar that once doubled as the city morgue. Hmm. Um, I told you this episode is going to be spooky, Cameron. Hey, uh, you know, you keep falling asleep at the bar. I think I'm going to have to cut you off. Hey. Hey. Oh. Um, well, let me just slide you into the... Okay, and... All right. Last call. Good news is this guy's drank so much, he's already pretty much embalmed himself. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm actually going to reduce the formaldehyde order for this month. Um, <laughs> figure vodka's basically the same. Okay. I mean, this that must have been... I mean, that just makes sense logically to me. Because um, back in, like, the early 20th century, like, late 19th, early 20th century, most people were probably dying in bars, right? <laughs> so it only makes sense that the bar would double as the city morgue. It's... I mean, it's a... a look... There's a whole uh, growing field of business, which is just combining bars with other businesses. And maybe we need to circle back to one of the classics, the bar morgue. Yeah. We're, we're not going to talk about our business. On no, 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 no. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. <laughs> yeah, we're still going to get secret. that one off the ground, right? A hundred percent. We don't want that, that one needs to stay out. secret. Okay. No. Once again, the uh, anonymous blogger from South Ghost, South, Southmost what was it? Southernmost Ghost uh, adds his own spin on what he imagines Key West to be like at this at the time Captain Tony arrived. Tony made a splash in early Key West society. Back then, the place was brimming with roguish figures, desperados, oddballs, the round squares in round hole society that didn't make that didn't that sorry I I don't know what that means. Round what squares and round hole What's society. What's a round square? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. I think he means it, a square a peg in a round hole. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, that's a he, phrase. He makes a lot of this. This blogger makes a lot of really interesting uh, mistakes. This guy the... sounds like he took about seventeen Benadryl and then wrote this in <laughs> yeah. one shot and then fucking published it. He <laughs> go, he goes on. The keys were barely hanging on to the norm-slash-laws placed by the U.S. government. If you were running from something, running towards something, or just need a little napalm in your breakfast to feel alive, you went to the keys. Okay, yeah, it's very hardcore, my guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> very, excuse me, excuse me, very epic, uh, legendary, in fact. 
Yeah, and also he he seems to support our idea that they did not have milk in the Key West in Key West before Captain right. Tony arrived because I guess people were eating na- napalm with their breakfast. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta get what the climate gives you. You know, milk doesn't keep in a tropical environment, but napalm proven effect efficacy in tropical environments. The Washington Post article goes on to say for thirty five years. Captain Tony ran fishing boats, which he called Greyhounds, out of Key West. He claimed to have been a gunrunner in the 1950s and to have ferried arms for CIA agents uh, and mercenaries to Cuba and Haiti. He said that he was briefly (laughs) jailed after smuggling refugees out of Castro's Cuba. Hold on a second. Uh Is, Is Captain Tony Mr. Hunter? Yeah, he's is that what he's, he's our old science teacher, Mr. Hunter. You want to talk a little bit about Mr. Hunter? <laughs> so, then, okay, Mr. Hunter has a fond place in my heart because Mr. Hunter is actually the reason I ended up going to Sonoma State for my undergrad. Oh, nice. One day in our senior environmental studies class uh, that I left every other day, uh, I just told him, like, hey, I'm going to go hang out in the art room. And he's yeah, like, yeah. So, so this guy, um, he was retired but he still taught like he was in a situation where he was for all intents and purposes retired as a teacher, but he still but he taught was classes. a tenured teacher at a, at a, actually a, a very good public high school in Sacramento. Uh-huh. And, uh, he would just say the wildest shit about his former career. He would say that, um, he was part of the team that invented the seedless watermelon that, yeah. and that he made quite a profit selling tanks to the Saudis. <laughs> and one day, This man said, you know what, if you're applying to a good CSU, you should take a look at Sonoma State, okay? And I said... Go Cossacks! Okay. Yeah, (laughs) I said, yeah, go Cossacks, because that's the Seawolves now. Yeah. Okay. Um, And I went ahead and applied to Sonoma State, and by process of elimination... Guess where I ended up. Thank you, Mr. Hunter. Um, He also famously had a Idaho license plate, which was a very (laughs) cool thing. Yeah, and he was living in California for, like, years and years. He just never changed his registration. Shout out to Mr. Hunter. Hope you're doing well and all that. Captain Tony ran a saloon from 1961 to 1989. His principal achievement was to preserve Key West's daily sunset celebration, at which acrobats, buskers, and performing animals appeared in impromptu street theater. Daily? Yeah, every night, apparently. At sunset, there would be street performances from animals, acrobats, and uh, buskers. I don't know. Do you know what a busker is? Yeah, I know what a busker is. Do you know what a busker is? Obviously, I don't. Otherwise, I wouldn't have asked you, do you know what a busker is? What is a busker? Oh, just, well, a busker is somebody who's performing on the street for money busking oh yeah that's oh, okay. it okay i didn't, I didn't yeah it's that. almost a kind of redundant inclusion in that sentence i know because these all appear to be buskers yeah 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 so every Playing night every night they would have i guess performing carnivals on key west i mean that that sounds really cool um and i mean are you going to say anything about the animals it doesn't say anything about the animals Okay, well, that's that's the main question I have. Yeah, what kind of animals are we talking about here? And in We're what... talking about parakeets. We're talking about bears. We're talking about jaguars. We're talking about fish. We uh, got them all. You know we're talking about monkeys. <laughs> Yo, oh, oh, monkeys? I even forgot to mention them. They're basically buskers at this point. <laughs> 
Yeah, they had performing animals out there. So uh, once again, we got uh, Mr. Uh, Southernmost Ghost uh, giving his impression of Key West bar culture at this time. When you go to Key West, and if you haven't been, you're a fool and should really reevaluate your life choices. You're going to walk, I hope drunkenly, down Duval Street and marvel at the spectacle that is Sloppy Joe's. Right on the corner of Green and Duval, Papa Hemingway's mug staring down with a grin from just about every fixture there is. Snazzy, bright, full of panache. Well, here's the scoop. It's a sham. Glitz and glamour and full of empty promises. The place where the wordsmith drowned his daiquiris and punched his liver is a couple of meters down south of Green. It's called Captain Tony, and it was bought dirt cheap. Okay. Um, so he's basically saying that the what we now know as Sloppy Joe's is actually like just like a tourist trap, and the actual the actual place, if you really know Key West, is Captain Tony's. Right, right. Well, clearly, but I okay. First of all, you need to open a place called Sloppy Joe's. Second Obviously. of all, uh, uh, Papa Hemingway's mug is the funniest three-word phrase I've heard today. <laughs> and and uh, finally, um, I'm going to go ahead and just bet money that this man has not been vaccinated yet. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. No, this guy is definitely not vaccinated. He definitely does his own research. Uh, yeah. He is proud of the fact that Florida never went into a lockdown. <laughs> That's like a point of pride for him. <laughs> yeah, he celebrates all the street performances that are still happening. <laughs> and that were happening at the height of COVID. Right. Hey, right. this is the only place where you can go out and get a daiquiri with 300 other people and watch a band. Yeah, what do you want to do? Stay at home and get drunk and watch something on TV? Come on, loser. Yeah, I'm sorry all the other states are pussies and dying of COVID, but Florida's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so just because you guys have lost the joy to live and you want to listen to government mandates doesn't mean that I'm going to stop going to street performances or going to bars and having daiquiris and just talking to people directly into their mouths. Do you know what the best cure for COVID is? 17 White Claws. <laughs> Honestly, has there been an independent study on that? Because that <laughs> might be the answer. <laughs> All right, Cameron, in this next paragraph, I'm going to throw a word your way, and I want you to see if I want to see if you can guess what it means based on the context of the sentence. I'm I'm stoked. This is an example of a journalist kind of trying to wow us with his vocabulary. See if you can okay. see if you can catch the word. Captain Tony's saloon, an unprepossessing spot on Green Street, still bears Mr. Terracino's name almost twenty years after he sold it. It was the original site of Sloppy Joe's Saloon, which was the favorite watering hole of Ernest Hemingway when he lived in Key West in the 1930s. So he built his bar on the original site of Sloppy Joe's, and then the new Sloppy Joe's was built as a tourist thing, and that's what the author, the anonymous blogger, from the previous paragraph took issue with. Unprepossessing? Was Un that the word? Unprepossessing. It's an unprepossessing spot. I mean, it's... Un, I don't know what the unprepossessing. Yeah, that's two suffixes <laughs> for 
a word that doesn't seem to fit in the first place. So I have no idea. Possessing means that you own something. Prepossessing means that you have previously owned something. And unprepossessing means that you did not previously own something. So the spot on Green Street is something that is possessing. That's really cool. I'm <laughs> glad that he used unprepossessing. Yeah. That was also one of the answers to that week's crossword puzzle. So he just kind of put that in the uh, <laughs> he put that in the article. <laughs> okay. <coughs> okay. Here's some more about Thank Captain you. Tony's saloon. A huge tree grows in the center of the tavern and disappears through the roof. License plates, business cards, and countless women's bras are stapled to the ceiling and walls. Okay. Well, I mean, the tree in the bar is cool. I don't know about the bra part. That seems like a little bit over the edge. The rest of it it sounds legitimately interesting. This sounds like, to me, Captain Tony's Saloon, based based on the description, it sounds like a libertarian TGI Fridays. Oh. <laughs> Which might be a redundant statement because I don't. <laughs> but at least a hyper libertarian TGI Fridays yeah. for sure. It's a pure, yeah. it's like a pure libertarian TGI Fridays. And I think Captain It's a Tony... TGI Friday without the corporate control. Right. <laughs> it's a TGI Friday that actually knows how to party. Right. So at this point in the story. Our guy Jimmy Buffett's going to show up. It says here in the uh, Washington Post obit, in the 1970s, the tropical troubadour Jimmy Buffett performed at Captain Tony's for tips and beers. He later described his experience in the song Last Mango in Paris. Until a few months ago, Mr. Terracino was a regular presence at Captain Tony's, where he greeted visitors, told stories, and signed t-shirts and posters displaying his grizzled likeness. Now, Cameron, have you seen Captain Tony? I sure haven't. So let's just let's just pause for a second here. Based because it says that the that the T-shirts bore his grizzled likeness. Mm. What do you imagine, based on what we've heard of Captain Tony so far? What do you imagine that he looked like? Um, I guess like <laughs> what's that guy's name? Gerard Depardieu. Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, that's what I'm sort of imagining, but maybe crustier. Okay, a crustier Gerard Depardieu. He's the guy who drinks like, he's the French actor, for those of you at home who don't know who Gerard Depardieu is, he's a French actor who used to be like a heartthrob back in the 80s, and then he started drinking 12 bottles of wine a day. We had good wine, though, Joe. Yeah, good, fine French yeah. wine. He made enough, he only did movies so that he could afford to drink 12 bottles of wine a day. I mean, what are you what are you living for, Joe? And here's the here's the great thing about France. Here's why I love France. Uh, despite the fact that he has like become monstrously obese as a result of this habit, he's still like one of their biggest stars. Wait, really? Yeah, like I'll still see him in like action movies and stuff. Holy shit! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, Jimmy Buffett, uh, he he was he got to know captain tony in the 70s this article calls him a tropical troubadour which i think is one of the best ways to describe jimmy buffett ever it it is good and it's alliterative so good job for that yeah, person. nice yeah. job coining the phrase tropical troubadour a very unprepossessing mm-hmm. way to refer to <laughs> jimmy buffett 
It's the dumbest word. <laughs> We're on to you, Washington Post. We know you made that word up. Amigo. Hi, this is Joe from Podcasting in Paradise, the co-host of the podcast that you are listening to right now. I'm interrupting here for a second in order to recommend the book Life Lessons of a Legend. If you are enjoying the podcast that you're listening to right now and would like to learn more about Captain Tony, the man, the myth, and the legend, uh, why not check out the Brad Maynard biography that was written the very year of his death. Life Lessons of a Legend is available anywhere books are sold. Um, I can see here on Amazon, uh, if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, uh, you can actually get it for free. Uh, the normal price on Kindle is $7.99, and uh, you can buy it used on paperback. The reviews are overwhelmingly positive for this book. One verified purchase from Rich reads, Bought it in, quote, used acceptable condition from click goodwill via amazon receives what appears to be a brand new book so there you go if you purchase a used book you are perhaps going to get something that is going to be a, a new quality uh, book so that's a great deal another review from a verified amazon customer who purchased this book reads I haven't read it yet but it looks good so there you go. Just based on the cover alone, it looks good enough to leave a five-star review. And then finally, Alexis, another verified five-star review, reads, Men can gain a lot from Captain Tony. I'm not sure what she's referring to or what I can gain from reading it, but I sure am excited to find out. So once again, if you're interested in learning more about Captain Tony, why not check out the book Life Lessons of a Legend from Brad Maynard. I'm sure that it will be worth your time. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of the show. Halloween in Tijuana, full moon in my eyes. I wonder how in the hell I got here without a disguise. Mr. Terracino ran for mayor of Key West in 1985, but he lost by 52 votes to a banker named Tom Sawyer. What?! Locals joked that the race was between someone named for a fictional character and someone who was a fictional character. That's a really good joke, actually. Yeah. That's a pretty good fucking yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, it's pretty fucked up to have to run against Tom Sawyer in Key West. I, like, it'd be like uh, Ernest Hemingway Jr., <laughs> versus you it's like well it doesn't matter what my policies experience or qualifications are uh i think this guy's gonna win i mean i would imagine though if you owned a bar named captain tony's the locals would probably be more familiar with your name than by someone who was named for a work of fiction well tom sawyer is like maybe the most recognizable work of fiction from the United States, especially in the South. Also, Tom Sawyer was the name of a Rush song from 1976. Oh. Uh, a very popular Rush song. Yeah. So this guy, I mean, it's amazing that Captain Tony only lost by 52 votes, considering uh, he had a guy with name recognition from 
a Mark Twain novel, and a Rush song. Can you imagine what Captain Tony's campaign ads would have looked like in 1985? (laughs) Captain Tony, vote for me and I'll get you drunk. Captain Tony has been serving alcoholic spirits to the fine people of Key West for over 29 years. He has stapled dozens of women's bras to the roof of his establishment. (laughs) Captain Tony is the man who brought milk to Key West. Vote for Captain Tony. Um, Captain Tony, we have a question for you here about fiscal policy. Yeah, Um, shoot. Many people in uh, Key West are worried about the city budget. What would you do as mayor to rein in spending while also increasing revenues? Well, you know, as a bar owner, you're often finding yourself in a situation where you have to balance budgets. What I found is that by refusing to pay an arborist to come in and cut a tree that was uh, infringing upon the structural integrity of my establishment, I decided to let the tree grow in the middle of the establishment instead. Similarly, as mayor of Key West, I will never allocate any money to any service that will infringe upon the rights of plants to grow wherever the hell they want, just like the Constitution said they should. <laughs> if that tree wanted to grow through my bar, who am I to tell it that it cannot? That is also my environmental policy. I was going to say, you might have actually stumbled into the only way that leftists could get like actual progressive environmental policy done uh-huh. by making it a libertarian issue. Yeah. Hey, look, these trees are going to grow where they're going to grow. We need to let them grow and stop inter- infringing on their freedom of growth. That's going to be how it ends <laughs> That's up it. happening. We figured it out. That's the Green New Deal. We yeah. just we just we just got uh fucking Ron Paul onto our uh Green New Deal <laughs> coalition. It's a big tent. It's a big tent, <laughs> yeah. Joe. All right. So, uh Captain Tony, despite the setback, was not deterred from running again. Four years later, when Mr. Terracino ran again, some people objected to his frequent use of a certain four-letter word. He was Uh unapologetic, saying, I just hope everybody in Key West who uses that word votes for me. If they do, I'll win in a landslide. What was the four-letter word? Was it Tony? Oh, God. Yeah, what what do you think his most common four-letter word would have been? I mean, by calling it a four-letter word, it has to be like shit or fuck or do you think it was what? the c do you think it was the c word oh was it the c word i don't know i mean maybe oh wait you don't know either no i don't know it doesn't say uh i think oh. if he, if he was a british politician he probably could have gotten elected despite overuse of the c word in america right. I, no. I i just don't think we're there yet i think it was probably either fuck or shit oh okay that's interesting that they didn't put it in print oh well there's that that's not the only word that they couldn't print in this article from Captain <laughs> okay. from a Captain Tony quote. Uh once again we are rejoined by the southernmost ghost blogger when he says <clears throat> his campaign was managed and finances by Jimmy Buffett. The misspelling is in the original text. Whoa, okay. <laughs> and that is not the All only right. misspelling in this text. Well, that is a given. His campaign yeah. was managed and finances by Jimmy Buffett. A dear friend of Tony, and a man who wholeheartedly believed in the axiom, keep Key West weird. Okay, 
Um, really excited to be to hear about uh, Jimmy Buffett as campaign manager. So, first of all, I I don't know if that's true. It doesn't seem right. This blogger claims that like Jimmy Buffett was like his chief of staff or something. I'm guessing Buffett probably donated to the campaign. That's seems more right. Maybe yeah. he like maybe maybe he did some benefit shows. Yeah, he like, like sang that. some yeah. songs at fundraisers. I don't think yeah. he was like the power behind the scenes of the Captain Tony, the second Captain Tony campaign. Should Jimmy Buffett run for president in 2024? He, now, ha, I've, have I told you this theory? I think I told you this theory before we started the podcast. I think that the 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 world would be different right now if Jimmy Buffett had endorsed Al Gore in the 2000 election. Because uh, I think uh, Jimmy Buffett, if he had endorsed Al Gore in the same way that he endorsed Jimmy Carter, he would have are swung. Are we sure he didn't? But he would have swung Florida. Uh, I don't know. John Kerry is not a very endorsable guy. No, Al Gore. Al- oh, I'm talking about 2000. I, for some reason, I made this about 2004. Yeah. Um, Al Gore. Um, he might have. We who knows? I think Jimmy Buffett. He certainly he is young and spry enough to be the president of the United States right now. Oh, <laughs> you kidding? I mean, it'd be yeah, nice to have course. some young blood in the office again, right? <laughs> yeah no and uh he would be the most uh viable candidate since obama in term in terms of age yeah he would probably run i mean he he he's apolitical but he seems to endorse mostly like democratic candidates and issues so if he ran as a democrat it might be he, the... could, he could run as a mainstream democrat with like a strong uh like legalized weed and you know, he would carry the I South. He'd be the first Democrat yeah. since Carter to carry the South, I think. Yeah. He'd win Georgia. Easy. He'd win Florida. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett, get your hat in the ring, dude. Yeah. And, like, don't I'll let being president you. stop you from doing those summer tours, though. <laughs> he's not going to be able to sign off on any legislation this summer. He's got a big, big tour planned. He's going to be all over the country. Got to go to Pascalula. Yeah, he's doing the Pascalula run, so he's not going to be coming back anytime soon. So, in the second Captain Tony election, 6,000 votes were cast. Do you want to guess how many votes Captain Tony won by? Well, it's either going to be like 4 or like 5,000. So, I'm going to guess 5,907. You're not too far off. He won by 32 votes. Okay, so I'm only a little bit off. A little, little bit off. He won by 32 votes. Uh, his most famous slogan, which became part of his successful run for mayor in 1989, was, quote, All you need in life is a tremendous sex drive, a great ego, brains don't mean, and then in brackets, a word we can't print in the newspaper. So probably shit, yeah, right? Yeah, brains don't mean shit. He's, so the, okay. slogan, the slogan was, All you need is a tremendous sex drive, a great ego, brains don't mean shit yeah fuck the beatles all you need is love i'm telling you all you need is his ability to fuck and not give a shit that's it (laughs) and tremendous amount of confidence in yourself well that goes without saying yeah and that carried him that that was that was the message that floridians in the late 1980s were ready to hear you know it might be the message that they are ready to hear now i mean if, if jimmy buffett ran on that platform he would he would win in a landslide, I think. I think so. His goal as mayor 
This is Captain Tony. His goal as mayor was to limit Key West's growth and to keep its reputation as a refuge for eccentrics and renegades who had found their way to the southernmost point in the continental United States. So he's doing like a whole like proto-Portland thing here. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quote, Key West is an insane asylum, he told the Chicago Tribune while sitting behind his desk at City Hall. We're just too lazy to put the walls up. I want to retain that mystique. So he's saying it's an insane asylum. We're just too lazy to put the walls up. Uh, okay. I think he needs a campaign manager or a chief of staff who could work with him on messaging at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's another great quote from Captain Tony from when he was mayor. You know what's shocking to a lot of people, Mr. Terracino said? I'm a good mayor. <laughs> That's shocking, yeah. Yeah, it is sure. shocking. It certainly would be shocking to hear that from a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to hear a little bit more from South so- Southernmost Ghosts? I'm always most want to hear more from Southernmost Ghosts. Okay, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta uh, warn you up top here. Um, this part is going to be very difficult for me to read because it was it's not very well written. And also, there there's a, a point in this in this passage where the his perceived reality is going to meld into fantasy. And so we're just going to have to try and track that as I read. Okay. Okay. And this is also kind of a long passage. <clears throat> in 1991, he lost his bid for re-election to Dennis Wardlow. Wardlow had won up Captain Tony's insanity by going to war with the United States Navy with stale Cuban bread and becoming prime minister of the secessionist Conk Republic. So Captain Tony in 1991 ran against the guy who was trying to get Key West to secede. Whoa. So this is a really a real battle of the titans between like crazy people from Key West in the 1991 election. You know, it is truly the only place in the world where this would happen. Uh, to our audience, if you can find video of like any sort of televised debates from this, from this oh election, oh my god, <laughs> holy shit! If that exists, send it, please. It would have been like, oh my god, it would have been like the SNL sketch, uh, the 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 debates for the mayor of Funky Town. <laughs> like it would have been like those guys. Both of them for sure were wearing t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, with no question. Cargo yeah. shorts. Uh Captain Tony, his shirt. He might have been wearing a Where is Bombardo shirt at that debate. <laughs> I think I got uh, your Bombardo right here. War- Wardlow, I would imagine Wardlow would have been wearing like board shorts or swim trunks. Yeah, that would have been a cool look. Uh, one or both of them would have been barefoot. Uh, Wardlow, he's he, he was trying to run an insurgency at that point, so he probably would have been wearing some kind of a tactical vest. Oh, that's a good point. To good the point, debate. Good point, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, mirrored sunglasses. Indoors. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the incumbent would have taken his off and put them on the back of his head because he had to send <laughs> for the camera. His Oakley's. He would have had his Oakleys around the back of his head. (laughs) Southernmost Ghost continues. It was a tight race, and one that was one not on the premise of who looks like he's taking his meds, but on the fact that Wardlow's campaign promise, if he won, was to, quote, jet ski naked to Cuba in support of our brothers trapped on that island. 
If somebody jet skied neck naked towards me in support of me, I think I might have to fight that person. Yeah. Right? Like, what is that even? Like the like, why, and also, why would I want to vote for you in that case? I don't want to see that. Vote for me so that I can immediately leave this territory naked jet skiing to Cuba. Okay. Something I that's a promise that I can only deliver if I am elected mayor of your city. You don't see the other guy promising that. No, he's just he's just talking about uh, his tremendous sex drive. I'm 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 talking about something that I can genuinely deliver, which is to jet ski naked to Cuba to free our brothers who are trapped there. He talked like a Kennedy. I'm imagining. Obviously, yeah. He's just talking about his sex drive. I'm going to show you. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that uh, Captain Tony is constantly talking about this sex drive of his, but none of us have ever seen his penis? Does anyone... <laughs> I challenge you right now, Captain Tony. Let's have it. Let's have a dick measuring contest <laughs> on stage right now. Again, if you could find us those televised debates, I imagine that's how they would have gone down. I, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're basically there as a country already. Now, the the last part of this paragraph, this is when, like, reality sort of goes into the fantastical okay. Okay. imagination of the author. Tony lost his campaign, but like a good sport, I imagine, he was there to smack the pale old man cheeks as they flew into the sunset and made it halfway to Dry Tortugas. What? <laughs> Wait, say that again? The, Tony the, the lost the campaign. Part? But like a good sport, I imagine, and the I imagine is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this sentence. Oh, it's a power lifter. Yeah. He was there to smack the pale old man cheeks as they flew into the sunset and made it halfway to dry tortugas. I don't know what he's saying. This I guy have no is imagining this like this guy is imagining that after Captain Tony lost his 1991 campaign, that he was going to be a good sport and go like pat Dennis Wardlow's butt as he was setting off on the jet ski. That's his fantasy. That's this author's fantasy. Gross. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> I hate I hate that sentence. <laughs> I know. This is such this whole paragraph is so badly written. It's it's really oh, God. It's really hard. Like I I sweat a lot when I was reading through this cuz it's just so hard to read. <laughs> it's like <laughs> This guy's like, like, what, 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 what did you say that he took before he, uh, before he started writing it? Oh, like seventeen Benadryl. Yeah, yeah. he took seventeen <laughs> Benadryls. This is where it really starts kicking in. It's toward the uh, end here. Uh, okay. For years, Mister Terracino had a diet of pizza and chocolate bars. He smoked unfiltered Lucky Strikes and drank twelve cups of coffee a day, chased with the occasional beer and whiskey. And once again, the word occasional is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this sentence. Yeah. Also, unfiltered in the 90s is pretty hardcore. <laughs> that, I mean, that, 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 that is, he's a guy that's, from a different time. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. So what do you think that they mean by occasional beer or whiskey? Do you mean like one beer and whiskey every half a cup of coffee? I was, yeah, I was going to say it's like every like fourth coffee. It's a beer yeah. and a whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not gonna have a beer before 10 a.m. I'm not a monster. Come on. So, Cameron, are you are you ready to hear about uh, Captain Tony's sex life? <laughs> yeah, the most cursed sentence ever spiked on this pod. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and the only person I the I'm going to talk about Captain Tony's sex life right now, and I'm going to be quoting the only person who I believe is qualified to talk about it, which is the <laughs> southernmost ghost blogger. <laughs> when Captain Tony wasn't trying to bed politicians, seduce mobsters, or sweet talk CIA spooks, he was cranking his charm to eleven and bedding anything that moved and happened to stroll into his saloon. That was his position and partly to cause of his investment in the famous Key West watering hole. The word te in this instance is actually the. Uh, misspelling is in the original article. Captain Tony. <laughs> in the 90s, he was still, still trying to clean up in his own bar. That's why he owned the bar. In the, the 90s, bar, when he was like fucking, what would he have been in the 90s? It would have been like fucking 80. Well, what here's the, the thing, though. He, he sold the bar in 1989. Because I guess uh, uh, it would have been a conflict of interest if he was mayor and also owned the, the local bar. Which means, like, al- already off the bat, he's, like, more ethical than Donald Trump. I was going to say, yeah, he's way before his time because that is totally allowed now, apparently. Yeah, but he, he according to rumors, I don't, I don't know if this is verified or not, part of the deal for him selling his bar was that he still got to hang out in there all the time and drink for free. Okay. So the person who bought it, maybe, if if that's true, uh, maybe was didn't meet Captain Tony before uh, agreeing to that deal. God, Captain Tony's gross, right? <laughs> well, we're, I'll show you a picture at the end of this of Captain Tony. Okay. Uh, again, according to Southernmost Ghost, uh, this is Southernmost Ghost is is um, quoting a bartender from Captain Tony's here. Okay. And the bartender says, One night stands and full-blown orgies. The man was a piston even to his dying day. Rumor has it... no. Rumor has it, he kicked the bucket mid-threesome. Alright, well, that clearly didn't happen, because if it did, it would be the header of everything that ever happened, but... Well, I mean, but we were saying, you know, his actual cause of death, according to the Washington Post obituary, oh. was uh, heart and lung ailments. Okay, well, so, actually, okay, I southernmost mean, ghost, you might be onto something. So here's the thing. Either the Washington Post is lying, or Captain Tony did die mid-threesome, but he died mid-threesome at the Lower Keys Medical Center in Key West <laughs> of heart and lung ailments. Uh, I like that last one the most. I think that's probably the right answer. Yeah. Um, wow, this is really gross. This is way grosser of an obituary than I thought this it would be. This is the grossest obituary that uh, that uh, the Washington Post has ever published. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Terracino was married four times and had 13 children. The first, when he probably was 20... And the last when he was 70. He outlived his first three wives, Mimi, May, and Shirley, and one of his sons. So, his first son... 70? His first... The, like, the age difference between his first son and his last son, or his first child and his last child, is 50 years. <laughs> There's a 50-year range there. Hey uh, Johnny, your uh, grandpa's here to pick you up. Uh, no, that's my step. That's my that's my half brother. <laughs> <That's> my half brother. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that like he had wives that were younger than his kids. And oh well, I mean that goes without saying. Yeah. Captain Tony's obviously a dog. Yeah. 
Now, do you want to know what Southernmost Ghost has to say about... Uh... I'm frightened, actually, <laughs> but it is spooky season, so let's go. Oh, man. This is this is also, this also this paragraph is also going to be really hard for me to read because um, of <laughs> some of the verbiage that he uses here. Oh, no. Okay. Tony had several wives and was married to his fourth, Marty, for more than 38 years at the time of his death. They had an open-minded relationship. Now, this is going to be hard for me to read. He jettisoned from his loins into the world 13 children. At least 13 that we know of. (laughs) Jettisoned from his loins? He jettisoned Fucking gross, dude. We're all trying to not think about him ejaculating, and you've just gone ahead and said... Uh, he has he has an even grosser way of referring to the same thing later on in this paragraph. <laughs> That's why this is really hard for me to read. He jettisoned from his loins into the world 13 children, at least 13 that we know of, including former Survivor contestant Keith Fami. Whoa! <laughs> Shit! <laughs> I think, actually... It's probably safe to say that most Survivor contestants probably had weirder dads than Captain Tony. <laughs> like they probably, I would love to see like some of like the off, like the off camera discussions of like who has Holy the weirdest shit. dad. <laughs> yeah, what's the over under for uh, a number of Survivor contestants that have been sired by Captain Tony? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no way, you two. <laughs> it's at least one and a half yeah. for the over under. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this sentence. Uh, see if you can if you can catch the mistake uh, that the author makes in this sentence. Okay. Oh God, this this sentence is a lot. I, I this is a lot. We're gonna have to deconstruct it a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> like Keith Jagger, the last one of the last one of his member baked into the ether came when he was seventy. What? Like no. Keith? Like Rolling Stones? own keith jagger who's keith jagger well he's either referring to mick jagger or keith richards i think the author's a little we'll bit, never know a little bit confused there but i do i think he's referring to mick jagger because mick jagger i believe did have a kid when he was 70 okay so when he says keith jagger he's he's confused he's referring to mick jagger so, well, says, so, so that's those benadryls are kicking in is what's happening like keith jagger the last one of his member baked into the ether came when he was 70. Oh my God, what does that even mean? It sounds <laughs> gross and it means nothing. Oh, God. Oh, God. So he jettisoned he jettisoned 13 kids into the world, and the last one baked into the ether came when he was 70. So gross. <laughs> baked into the ether is the worst phrase I've heard all week. And we've heard some pretty bad phrases in the last... 40 minutes or so god damn it okay <laughs> all right so i'm just going to wrap up the obituary here uh from the from the washington post uh survivors include his fourth wife of 38 years marty Terracino, 12 children 13 grandchildren and three great-grandchildren and the obituary ends with a quote when i die an era is over obnoxious quote blowhardy thing to say yeah yeah when i die an era is over he said in 1990 but that won't happen soon only the good die young. Well, what a terrible ending. <laughs> In his own words, just... God, ugh. 
I can't get over fucking jettison from his lines, <laughs> honestly. It's stuck in my head. I can't think after this. This author, like, this author, uh, he certainly was on some kind of a an upper when he was recording this, and it was kicking in hard toward the end. And he also he was, he was on a lot of downers, but he circled back to an upper because of it. And, yeah, he was just fully on the ride. And this guy uh, subscribes to the philosophy that proofreading is for pussies. So I know he just uh, oh. he just uh, <laughs> what am I going to do? Wait, going to dilute the meaning? Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> he just uh, he just published it straight to Southernmost Ghost. All right, cameras, are you ready to see a picture of Captain Tony? <sighs> Yeah, if if he's naked, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm gonna show you two pictures of Captain Tony. Here's the first okay. one. So describe what you see here. So I see a very dashing looking Jimmy. Yeah, this is like uh, last mustache. mango last mango era Jimmy. Yeah, maybe a little younger. Um I don't know, yeah, yeah. Reels in the sand, Jimmy, let's say. Yeah. And uh I see this man, Tony Tarantino from Mayor. He's got his face on there. Um, you know he wore that shirt he was wearing his own campaign shirt for like months and also it's tucked in tucked in t-shirt tucked into slacks yeah yeah i'll give tony this (laughs) the man looks like he's laid some track (laughs) he's i get it you know he's got a full head of hair um he's jettisoned uh, more than one kid from into the ether he's <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, he looks like an eighty-year-old, but um, he's got a good head of hair. Great. I mean, he, it's actually kind of embarrassing for Jimmy. In I know, <laughs> like comparing his head of hair to Jimmy's yeah. head of hair. Like Jimmy is probably yeah. like forty years younger than him. Yeah, I see how this man could have sired a youth uh, uh, at the age of seventy plus. Yeah. By the way, they both look lit as hell. <laughs> they're both they're both like five <laughs> beers in. They're in like yeah. the back room of his of his salo- of Captain Tony's saloon, which yeah. would have been that you know that saloon was disgusting. You know what he looks like? Yeah, he looks like a uh, like a fucking uh, uh, Civil War general transported out of time and then just given free reign to to sow his seed wild in the 21st century. He looks like one of those generals, like at the very beginning of the civil war, when Lincoln was like, just bringing these guys from the Mexican American war, yeah, like out of retirement. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's like, wait, I got to like fight and work. Uh, what? I'm too drunk to ride a horse. I'm, I'm too drunk to ride a horse. <laughs> and I got like 17 kids at this point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, so the last picture I'm going to show you, uh, you know when you're running a campaign, you want to put your best foot forward uh, for your uh, for your advertising. <laughs> so uh-huh. I want to show you uh, his campaign poster. <laughs> what do what you, the fuck? What do you think of that? <laughs> this, is, this is his campaign poster. <laughs> Uh, presumably, this would have been posted all around Key West. <laughs> it looks like a Western Wanted sign. <laughs> it, it absolutely, it's a hundred percent a Wanted poster from the <laughs> Old West. <laughs> it is tagline: <laughs> Anthony Captain Tony Terracino for mayor. He listens to he you. He listens to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, th- I think that's an inaccurate quote. Uh, or an oh. inaccurate promise, because if I know anything about Captain Tony, 
if you were to have a conversation with him, he would do 99% of the talking. There, there, he has no time to listen. He's only talking. Yeah, he's... He also looks terrible in this rendering of his face. This is the worst image I've seen of him out of the two that I have seen. He and, looks like uh, he has no teeth. He looks like he has no teeth. He looks like he's approximately mm, 170 <laughs> around the eyes. And his forehead just... wrinkles. The f- oh, God damn it. Wow. This is a and guy who was left for dead in a... A new work in a dumpster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was the day they found him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Holy uh, shit, dude. All right. So that's all we have to say about Captain Tony. But I got one more little surprise I want to share with you, Cameron. Oh, my God. Is it spooky? It's spooky. I got a okay. spooky surprise for you. Okay. So uh, a lot of the research for this podcast came from a, a ghost tour website called Southernmost Ghosts. Uh, which is a common thing. You know, a lot of these tourist cities, they'll have ghost tours and stuff. Uh, What I discovered as I was clicking around on this page a little bit is that they have some Uh merch. Actually, they have have precisely one piece of merch. Um, And I'm going to share this with you right now. And I just want to get some of your thoughts and then I'm going to talk a little bit about it because it is... Okay, Joe, I just want to say before you show me this, if it's like between $20 and $25, there's like a pretty good chance i'm just gonna buy it okay outright. well let's let's take a look uh so okay. this is something to get you in the mood for the spooky season you see this what the fuck is this this is lily so lily is a doll that one uses to ward off ghosts and ghouls around halloween put yeah, lily no on a porch hang her on a door put her on a shelf don't put lily in a room where you sleep so she's wow. she's a halloween wow. on the shelf Wait, well, yeah, very much. Well, in fact, according to the description, she is a Halloween season tradition. Uh-huh. Um, make Lily move around and appear in a different place for others to find each morning. Um, only if you want to, like, traumatize your children. <laughs> I know. This is, like, designed for parents to do with their kids. But this is the stuff of nightmares for kids. Holy shit. Now, there's some lore behind Lily. I'm seeing it now. Historians have tracked Lily's background to the early 1600s, unearthing reports of occult practices, pagan rituals, and warding rites imported from Europe by the Dutch colonists of Lower Manhattan. Now, this is a little bit misleading, I think. How's that? Well, okay, because they say later on in the article that, like, the tradition of having handmade figurines to ward off ghosts goes back to the like Roman times and like pagan rituals from ancient times. Um, Mm. But the reason why they're saying that Lily, her background dates back to the 1600s is because her image is based off of uh, a 1600s noblewoman named the Countess uh, Bathory, who uh, was a noblewoman condemned in the 1600s for killing 650 people and is referred to as the Blood Countess or Countess Dracula. Oh, they're just mixing up all sorts of history. Yeah, so they're yeah. saying like her image dates back to a historical figure from the 1600s, yeah, but the tradition yeah. of of warding off ghosts goes back to like ancient times. But uh, Joe, are you saying that this piece of merch is kind of bullshit? It might be, and I and I think <laughs> it also doesn't have a price. Let's see how much this costs. Hold on, let's see how much this costs. It, well, if it doesn't have a, if you don't, if, if you have to ask, Joe, yeah. can't afford it. My, oh, oh, and it clicks through Amazon, so I can't even buy it through the through the merch page. I have to go to Amazon to buy Lily. Hey, thirty bucks, small price to pay for a ghost-free house. 
<laughs> it says under the description it says useful terrifies children <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what it's all about <laughs> you know how you're having a hard time scaring your kids for the rest of their lives get this doll in there they'll freak the fuck out they'll never want to do elf on the shelf i'll tell you that much uh oh jeez. what time of day does lily appear at your doorstep answer she roams around the house <laughs> That's not an answer to that question. It's also frightening. Uh, oh, uh, re- wow. Review review from Amazon. Five stars. She scared my goddaughter, also named Lily. <laughs> <laughs> She's scary, adorable. So here's here's some of the lore of Lily. Uh, she, the original Lily doll, so the original figure that was crafted to look like this, was delivered to a paranormal research group from its owner, who stated, quote, I found her outside my door one morning with a note that said not to put her by mirrors or in the same room that I sleep in. I gave her a flashlight so she sh- so that she could drain the batteries, but instead she made my, made my lights flicker. My cat would not go near her, and my dog would just stare. At times I would be woken up dead uh, I would be lo- woken up from a dead sleep smelling burnt toast, or sometimes a sweet fruity smell. Her favorite color is red. That's all I know. Okay, so this person had like a severe they had a circulatory stroke. disorder. They had yeah. a stroke because yeah. you smell burnt toast when you had a stroke. So this person got a doll while they were in the middle of having like some kind of a neurological episode. Uh, I what the that sentence about I gave her a flashlight so she could drain the batteries. <laughs> no, what the fuck? Why would you want that? What <laughs> is that? Here you go, kid. Drain these batteries. Have a good time. Oh my god! Look at the top ten ideas. Holy shit! So here's some ideas for how you use Lily. Okay, this is good. I'm excited. Make a carriage for Lily from a spare pumpkin. Honestly, that's a great idea. Yeah, make her a little pumpkin yeah. carriage. That's a that's a strong number one. Make Lily be the thing that you see through your letterbox. So scare the shit out of both your children and your mailman with yeah, Lily. Why would I want that? That <laughs> oh, I though. That is, okay. Number two. Is number bad. three. Number three. Put Lily in places you. Oh, this this is a, a poorly written sentence. Put Lily in places you where you wake up. Lily is a morning ghost. So first of all, <sighs> southernmost ghost, you got to proofread your content. Second of all, how are you a doll and a ghost? What's a morning ghost? Third of all, uh, they said multiple times in the description on this website not to put Lily in places where you sleep. Yeah, come so on. So how can you put her in a place ghost? where you sleep and then and then she's there when you wake up? Well, Joe, maybe you're a spooky sleeper and you sleepwalk. Yeah? Maybe. Maybe you are. If you if you wake up in places other than where you sleep, then put Lily in the place where you wake up rather than the you place where Joe, you sleep. You know what, Joe? I think we're actually giving, we're shortchanging Southernmost Ghost here. I think they just know their demographic uh-huh. with this tip. They're, they're selling specifically to people who routinely do not remember <laughs> how they got where they were when they woke up. And they don't remember so, they don't remember moving Lily certainly. So it, to them right, it's like exactly. it's actually moving around the house. This is just good marketing. Number 4, make Lily move around and appear in different places for others to find. So elf on the shelf type thing. This okay, a little bit of the same, but uh, number 5, add Lily to the door reef. She is a surprise she's surprisingly stealthy. Mm, stupid. Number 6, uh, put Lily inside a pumpkin. Number six is the same as number one. Number one, make a pumpkin carriage for her. Number six, put Lily inside a pumpkin. Illuminate. I, it's a good good tip. Still, yeah. I think number. I think they combined number one and number two to make number six. 
Are you saying that they couldn't come up with 10 tips on their own, Joe? Well, the tips are going to get better, The tips are going to get better. Number seven, put Lily near a nightlight. Say goodbye to sleeplessness when you spot her. So, again... (laughs) Hey, I'm always sleepy. What am I going to do? How am I going to stay up all night to party? Oh, let me just put this creepy-ass doll near my nightlight that I totally have as an adult. I'm having trouble sleeping, so what better way to solve it than to illuminate this creepy-ass doll... Well, Joe, right. actually, it says say goodbye to sleepiness. Sleep. Oh, wait. Put Lily near a nightlife. Say goodbye to sleepiness when you spot her. So it's supposed to wake you up, just like frighten you in the morning. Are you tired of sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Also, once again, which one is it, Southernmost Ghost? Am I not supposed to put her where I sleep, or am I supposed to put her where I sleep? <laughs> Very confusing. <laughs> Uh, number eight, Lily works uh, just as well on a ceiling. She doesn't. Is she anti-gravity, too? <laughs> yeah. What is that? <laughs> I, I'd like to test that theory out. Number nine, opening up a cupboard to see Lily is a fun surprise. That's one way to phrase it. And number ten, a surprise appearance on a bookshelf is sure to catch someone unaware. Okay, so these, these, those last couple are lousy tips. <sighs> um, all right, last thing, how to treat your Lily. Each lily is different. They each have their own temper and tastes. They each have their own personalities. Once you get to know your own lily, you have to treat her with the respect that she deserves. I'm... Are they going to have a disclaimer about how this is not an actual supernatural entity? No. Because if I purchase this and it's not an actual supernatural entity, I'm going to sue. The author of this article for sure believes that Lily is an actual living being. (laughs) Lily, ghoul on a porch, also likes to have fun. Warding off ghosts is hard work. She likes to hear music and feel included. She likes to participate. Like the countess she was named after, Lily loves the spotlight. She likes to be in the center of things. Take photos with your Lily. Post them to your social networks. Don't do that. Do you want to lose followers in a hurry? All right. Actually, you know what, listeners? (sighs) You're catching this in time for Halloween. It's on Amazon. You know that they'll just get this to you in two days somehow. If you want to waste $30, this is a great dumb way to waste $30. (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and you know what? Tag us in your Lily photos. That's what we want. At podcasting in par- or at Pod in Paradise on Instagram, tag us with your uh, ghoul on a porch uh, Lily photos. I'd love to see them. Uh, warning, warning though, children should always be under adult supervision when interacting with Lily. That's a pretty spooky warning. <laughs> yeah, don't leave your kids alone with Lily. Okay, last last tip. Re- we recommend keeping Lily locked up for the rest of the year. Only take her out during October. A ghoul on a porch tends to get bored when there aren't any scaring off fiends, when they aren't scaring off fiends and other ghosts. Remember, Lily was named after a vampire. She is not a force to trifle with. She wasn't named after a vampire. <laughs> she was named after a countess. What's happening here? <laughs> this person, yeah, this person is really losing track of their of their narrative. It's, I think the person who wrote the the article about Captain Tony might be the same person who wrote this. The thing, though, is... I know that the person who wrote the Captain Tony obit was a man. Oh, you think this is a woman? I think this is a woman. I think, like, mm. ghosts and ghouls and, like, elf on the shelf stuff, I think that's mm, that's mm, a very mm, female mm. thing. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. That's fair. I, ghost tours in general, I think. Yeah, I guess, like, true crime and, and, and women kind of have a strong correlation, too, yeah. 
it might be a husband. It might be a husband and wife team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's probably exactly what's happening. We got the husband and wife team of of creepy woman and and gross dude. <laughs> Very gross dude. Who's <laughs> who's fucking jettisoning from his loins? Oh God. Okay. Well, Joe. That was quite the adventure. That was not much of a mini episode. That was uh that was like a full on. You're gonna have a lot of editing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it's our Halloween spectacular. This is uh, a Halloween okay. spectacular. Okay. Uh so as always, you can follow our social media. That is Pod in Paradise on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is at P O D I N P A R A D I S E. Follow us for more little goodies. And uh you want to hear about my new favorite band? They're actually, they got spooky vibes. Uh-huh. It's a British uh, rock band called Dry Cleaning. Dry uh, great Cleaning. For the, dry Cleaning. Great for the Halloween season. Also, just good jams. What, what, what genre would you, would you describe Dry Cleaning as being? Are they, uh, are they Monster Party? <laughs> they're not Monster Party. They're like, uh, um, they're like a post-punk... Uh, alt rock, experimental, uh, lo-fi vocal mm. thing. So, are yeah. you preparing? Because you you are a fan of the monster party genre. Are you preparing? Oh, your... big big fan of the monster party genre. Absolutely. So, are you are you preparing? Are you? I mean, it's already September when we're recording this. You should be preparing your Spotify monster party playlist by now, right? You know what? That's a good point. Uh, keep your ears open for a, uh, uh, a spooky season playlist coming from yours truly. I actually, uh, yeah, no joke. I do want you to share that with me. I want to hear some of your monster party <laughs> jams, but I am afraid because you told me that you're trying to keep your Spotify playlist pure because you're am, you're, yeah. you're preparing for uh, for a wedding, uh, wedding this yeah. December. Uh, so, do you think that the monster party jams will interfere with the the purity of this playlist? Um, I think I've got a pretty strong algorithm going. Uh, I can I can map it out on uh, Apple Music, and then I'll, I'll I'll create a playlist without like too many plays on on Spotify and be able to share it public. All right, so look for that coming in the future. Shout out to Dry Cleaning. Well, next time, folks, uh, we're going to be talking about Florida days mm-hmm. back when we're out of the spooky season. But uh, until then, you can join us next time for some congas. Some vibes. And other little goodies. Bye, Joe. Happy Halloween. Scared you, didn't I?